Dear Jesus, what is going on here? Men who don't eat pussy in this day and age are straight up sociopathic, okay? <laughs> Final cut. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Final Cut Podcast. I'm Stacy. Wow, you were rushed to, to <laughs> you're just so ready to say who you are and whatnot. You um, said I had to introduce myself today. I'm sorry. Rude. Uh, well, you are Stacy. And I'm Grubby. And this week's episode we're gonna talk about forty seven meters down uncaged and ready or not. Yeah. Ready or not? Just ready just or just, not, just here I come. <laughs> Is that the Fugees? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Killing me softly with his song. Okay. Sorry, this isn't Final Cut karaoke. <laughs> but uh, today... these f- fine ladies and gents the news. 47 meters down on cage today. Ready or not? You ready to get into this news? Yes, I said. It's kind of a slow news week. So uh, Amazon has announced that they have acquired the purchase of the Seaside Noir. Everybody gets a noir type film now. Uh, it's called uh, Blow the Man Down. It's uh... Yo ho, blow the man down. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Directed by Bridget Salvage Cole and Danielle Crudy. Uh, synopsis is, while grieving for the loss of their mother, the Connolly sisters suddenly find themselves in a crime to cover up, leading them deep into the underbelly of the salty Maine fishing village. Sound cool to you? Yeah playing toronto but unfortunately we're not going to be there for that yet or we'll be gone already we'll already be gone and uh also we got sea fever which is what i told you briefly about that's the movie that's a mix of the thing and annihilation where there's a parasite yes there's a parasite and i guess it clings to the boat and it's just all hell breaks loose so hopefully we'll actually talk about that which kind of just sounds like that underwater movie oh yeah the Kristen stewart movie We'll talk a little bit about that. She is hot in that preview. But she's also doing that Charlie's Angels movie. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Next bit of news. Ari Aster's Midsummer is coming to Blu-ray, and guess what? There's no director's cut to it. There's not? Nope. So what the fuck? Yeah. Because they they showed a screening of the, I think it was like a two-hour and 54-minute cut to it, which kind of explained a little bit more of the characters. That's too long. I know I know. 90 minute movies are kink Your kink My kink I don't know what yours is for movies But hmm. No comment <laughs> That's a whole nother episode I think some people know Oh no I don't, Do we even want to know? Probably not <laughs> But yeah uh, it, it There's no There's no release for the Blu-ray Well there's a Blu-ray release date Oh for the uncut version? Yeah, it, it, there's no uncut version for it, but the Blu-ray will be out. Give me a second here, because you're over here talking about kinks and stuff. You Oct- are. You <laughs> brought the kinks up again. <laughs> October 1st will be Midsummer Blu-ray through A24, which is just, you might as well just give them 20 bucks and say, give me the Blu-ray. Speaking of A24, um, In Fabric gets, their, gets a release date for December 6th. 
That's the dress movie? Yes, that's the killer dress movie. The Giallo style. We did post that. We posted the trailer like, what, a couple months ago? And I saw it last year at Fantastic Fest, and it was one of my top 15. Don't make that face at me. Was it your top 15? I didn't know that. Yes, it was like the bottom 15? one. How many movies did you see there? A lot. But I was talking like my best of 2018. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, the Joker and Doctor Sleep both get an R rating. You surprised by this? Mm, no, but glad, I guess. Uh, a little bit of excitement for when we go to Toronto. You ready for these last few movies they announced? I think you'll like this. Hmm. Guns Akimbo. Oh, yeah. The guy uh, from director from Deathgasm. Love Deathgasm and Dildos. Um, interesting. But he's got his movie playing with Daniel Radcliffe. Everybody has seen, I believe, that picture on the internet when Daniel Radcliffe is in, like, bear slippers two guns. and two guns, and he's just looking fucking crazy. That's from Guns Akimbo. That's premiering at Toronto. I'm stoked for it. Deathgasm was fucking sick. The best part about Deathgasm? The devourment record that they pulled out. Yes. And, and the dildos. And... They to... beat up the zombies with the fucking dildos. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing about... When, when you love you love dildos, I love devourment. Devourment's new record is fucking sick. I don't love dildos. Oh. I just love when they're being used as a weapon because that's funny as shit. I feel like there's another movie where they've used dildos there, as there a weapon. Um, something else that got announced: uh, Deer Skin from the director that did Rubber. Did you ever watch Rubber with the tire? Yeah, and it was on Netflix for a long time. Yes, I didn't watch that. Oh. Uh, but it was good, wasn't it? Didn't it get good reviews? It was very hit or miss. I really liked Rubber because it was like this new concept with the tire that had like telekinesis powers and it would just blow shit up. <laughs> and then the last movie that was announced for uh, the Toronto Film Fest that we'll probably cover is Synchronic from the directors of The Endless and Resolution. Great guys. Um, it stars Anthony Mackie and Jamie Doran. Uh, New Orleans paramedics whose lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre, otherworldly effects. The Endless was the first movie we ever reviewed on Final Cut. Yes, it was. And we look forward to reviewing this new movie from Mr. Benson and Mr. Moorhead. Uh, it was a light news week, so that's pretty much all I got for news, honestly. Uh, you ready to jump in the trailers we posted and saw? Yeah, so we posted like five trailers... We were busy this week. Two of which we'll talk about in detail, but we posted um, uh, A Good Woman is Hard to Find. That that came out with the trailer, which we talked about already. We saw that at Fantasia. Yeah, it's in our Fantasia recap episode. And then... Um, Villains was the next one. We posted Villains, which we talked a lot about in our last episode. Yes. Um, that we posted the poster and the trailer. And then we also posted the trailer for Greener Grass, which we briefly talked about maybe in our first episode yeah we kind of touched on it just because like just because we just like threw it out there um that was like indulge me yes that was a super funny movie that we saw at sundance and it's kind of just like the absurdity of like suburban life and like the extremes of polite behavior it was insane it had like this little tiny story about a serial killer just very very was it a serial killer yeah like we knew that for a fact that she had he she Killed. It was a he. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a woman. No. 
It was definitely a woman. No, no, it was it not. It shows her in the preview. <laughs> was it? Or was it a dude dressed as a woman? We don't know. It's, they... been, it's been a while. <laughs> so we posted that. Um, Who directed that? Jocelyn DeBoer and Don Weibay. <laughs> That's not how you say their names. We're sorry if we messed up your names. but So they actually starred in it, wrote it, and directed it. And it started out as a short that ended up getting, like, recognition at South by Southwest in 2016. So they made a full length, and that is going to be released on VOD October 18th. Yep, it's playing in one theater. So this is, like, insanely funny, and it was, like, nonstop laughing for us, but some people won't like it. A like, lot... the, the type of humor that it is. Yeah, the humor part, like, just... It's just the absurdity of some of the some of the content that's in it, like like it's ridiculous, but it's funny. If you if you want to get a taste of it, just Google greener grass short, and I think it'll take you to the Vimeo page. So just watch that and laugh your ass off, please, because we certainly did. I wish we would have stuck around for the Q and A, but that was when we had to get the little monsters. Great movie. Great movie as well. We talked about it. All right. Well, what you got next? Um. So the two previews that we are gonna talk about more in depth it are the death of dick long and parasite so the death of dick long we saw at sundance did you didn't you say you fell asleep so it was like one of our last day i think it was our last day and it was late i think it was our last movie and so like i snoozed a bit at the end but it's it's hilarious (laughs) um so it's it the person that directed it is one of the daniels who directed swiss army man which we fucking love that movie i love a farting Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was so good and actually like super sad, like deep. But this is this new film is equally as wild but totally different. It's like it's like a totally redneck movie. <laughs> Basically like Dick dies and it's a small town and They're like in a band and they're like from Alabama or some like backwoods. You know what ass. kind of you know what type of band they're in? What? Like a Nickelback band? Yeah, so <laughs> This this is for Nickelback fans everywhere. Even if you're not a Nickelback fan, it's it's still hilarious. But like Dick dies, his two friends don't want anybody to find out. They like drop him off at the ER yeah. and then run away. Yeah. And then they so they don't think he's dead though. They drop him off alive still. He's just like injured. Yeah. And like we don't know yet why, like how what happened to him yet. That's like kind of the whole premise of the movie is they find out that he died. They're trying, you know, not to be caught because obviously then they would be the murderers they would get the repercussions from it and it's just a small town and like word just travels fast about how dick died and then like everybody just starts freaking the fuck out but we do find out how he dies and it's fucking insane and are we gonna not tell (laughs) no we're not gonna tell Okay, we're not gonna tell you how he dies but it's fucking ridiculous it's gonna be out next month it comes out uh september 27th uh limited theaters and vod so look for that it's a24 you just have to watch it because whenever that a24 logo pops up it's good 10 bucks they take ten dollars from your wallet (laughs) uh what, what what else you got oh don't we have a parasite yeah, so this is a movie that we posted the trailer for that we actually haven't seen, which is different than all the other ones that we post. This is going to be so good. First of all, um, it's by the director of Snowpiercer and Okja, Bong Joon-ho. Yep. And we love Asian movies, and we especially love Korean cinema. It's on top, always. 
Well, you're partially Asian. That's why I uh, was attracted to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so this won the Palm d'Or at Cannes, and um, it's uh, multiple reviews called it the director's like finest work to date. And I'm basically, gonna make, I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say it's our best movie, favorite movie of the year. Yeah, I'm sure. Without even like just watching the trailer, I think it's just gonna be our favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. So this is like a tale of like greed and class discrimination and stuff because there's two families: the Kim family and the Park family. And the Park family is like a wealthy family, and the Kim, like the Kim family, they impersonate educators in the home of the Park family and. Um, you can see all this in the trailer that we posted, and then it kind of like some there's like a twist, and it gets like thriller, the, thrillery. The, well, I think what the trailer says is like the twist that you think is gonna happen doesn't happen, and it's just gonna fuck us up. Yeah. <laughs> Our plan to see that is to see that at Toronto, and give you a review for it, and just tell and you. And it has the guy from a Taxi Driver. Oh. I forget what his name is, but he's in a ton of like amazing Korean movies. A Taxi Driver was so fucking good. I feel like they all just share characters. And then they're all epic movies. Yes. Kind of like how the Raid characters always intertwine with like The Night Comes for Us and stuff like that. Uh, what other trailers did we get this week? We got... Uh... Oh, wait. that And that hits theaters, though. October 11th. Parasite does. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very soon. But... Yes. But hopefully we're going to see it in September next month when we go to TIFF. Yes, uh, we got a trailer for. We didn't get to post it, but uh, it's called Underwater, and it stars Kristen Stewart. And it's it's kind of like the Abyss meets Aliens in a way because they're in yeah. a, they're in a ship and a pair. Uh, they're the, at the bottom of the ocean. They're like on an oil rig or something. Something like that. Where they're, I think they're drilling into the ocean floor. And so. Like, in the preview, it shows, like, the whole, like, rig, like, shakes, and, like, the lights kind of flicker, and they're, like, they, like, dug into something, and there are these creatures. See, now, this is one of those movies that they dump in, like, you, you do you hear about the January dump, where it's, like, they don't think this movie's good enough, but if, as long as they put it in January, it should get its money back. That's kind of, like, how the Escape Room movie was, like. But I think this movie looks good. Yeah. Um, and Kristen Stewart looks good. Yes. It does have a... Kind of like a, not like a stellar cast, but like good casting. It's got T.J. Miller, Vincent Castle. It's directed by William Eubank, who did The Signal. Did you ever watch The Signal? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. I know I did. I think I own the Blu-ray, and it's chilling over there. But according to this, it's like an earthquake destroys the underwater station. Oh, so it's an earthquake. They didn't drill into anything. No. It makes it look like they were drilling, like down there drilling, but... It, it's described as that, and then they're in the unknown depths of the sea, and it's just a race against time. But while they're down there, they see, like, these creatures. And I think the the good part about that trailer is, is they don't show what they look like. Right, it's very hard. Like, they, they there's, like, brief, quick flashes, and that's it. So yeah. you're not really sure if they're underwater creatures, aliens, what. And that's going to be out January of 2020. I think it's, like, the first or second week. So hopefully it's not just one of those dump it because it's not not good and we need to recoup money like how that Serenity movie I saw was with fucking Matthew McConaughey. Um, did you have any other trailers? Because I got one more. Uh, no, that was it. Uh, we got the Antlers trailer. Oh. With from Scott Cooper, and it stars Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons, and Jeremy Thomas. And Guillermo del Toro is also producer from this. Yeah, it looks really good. We just saw the preview for it. What were we seeing? 
Didn't we just... Ready or not. Yeah. 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 Oh, speaking of trailers that we didn't get to talk I about... I thought you were going to yeah, talk about the... Uh, let, me, let me finish this up real fast. Uh, a young teacher discovers that her troubled student's father and younger brother harbor a deadly supernatural secret. That's it. With antlers. With <laughs> Did you even see antlers? Because I didn't. I I think they like they showed like like the very last image of that trailer was the creature, but like it's not a very clear cut picture of what it is. But it was spooky. Yes, and hopefully, since Guillermo del Toro produced this, unlike Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which was a bust, hopefully, Antlers is good. That's got a release date. I believe it was for February of twenty twenty. Do you remember that? Okay. And then we didn't get to, uh, we forgot to mention it last week, but uh, when we were seeing Loot, was it Loose a couple weeks ago? Uh, the Freaks trailer came out. Oh. The movie that we missed at Toronto because of time constraints, because for some so reason. So we were in line to see that, but they were behind and we had to get to the Halloween premiere and meet Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, and we saw <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. So we missed Freaks. Yes, unfortunately. I do think we posted the trailer just a very long time ago, like before. Probably way long time ago. But directed by uh, Zach Lipinski and Adam Steen. Um, Bold Girl Discovers Bizarre Threatening Mysterious New Worlds. And there's like an ice cream truck driver that's like creepy. <laughs> it's got Bruce Dern who is in The Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, so we saw that last night or the night before and it was amazing and you need to see it. Yes, off topic of horror and stuff like that. The Peanut Butter Falcon with Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson, is one of the most heartwarming films. Because we saw this after we saw Ready or Not on Friday. One of the most heartwarming films. Go out and see it. But also go out and see Ready or Not. McFoley. Just do do a double feature. McFoley. McFoley's in it briefly. (laughs) But yeah, sorry to get you off topic there. But Peanut Butter Falcon... Fuck yes. I like Shia LaBeouf in that movie more than I like him in any other movie uh, that I've ever seen. Well, they also played the trailer for Honey Boy. And he that played... That looks sad as fuck. Yes. It's going to be sad. Yes. Was there any other trailers? Or do I you... thought you wanted to talk about that trailer that's like super gruesome. It's supposed to be like the most nasty movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, all on here. That's what I kept thinking you were going to talk about. Oh, and you had no. more and more and more. No, because there's times where we forget to, like, our news and notes don't always align, and we just kind of forget some shit sometimes. So, a trailer that we didn't get a chance to post, but we both watched it, The Golden Glove. It's directed by Faith Ekin, who also did In the Fade. You remember that movie? Yeah, we saw it at Chicago Film Fest. Yes, and it is Serial Killer Strikes Hearts in the Fear and of the residents of Hamburg in early 1970s. It's based off of the actual serial killer murder murders of uh, Fritz Hanka. And it's nasty. And it played at... You can tell from the preview that it's going to be good. Yeah, but it played at um, Berlin Film Festival or something like that. And everybody was saying it was disgusting. It was gruesome. Like, they weren't giving it good scores, though. Oh, no. They said it was, like, vile. Yes. Like... Against women, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of, like a lot of misogyny, but you're watching a horror film, so right. like unfortunately, these were things that happened in real life, and there's really nothing you can do about it. But like they just put story to movie, and I think it just all has to do, um, like with the perspective that it is told and filmed. Yeah. So, but that's a hard topic. That's yeah. I mean, when when we see tons of horror films a year, obviously. 
we're going to have a different perspective than someone who goes out and sees like all Academy Award winning movies and indie films and stuff like that. But don't get me wrong, like movies like, you know, like A Hidden Life and uh, like all your Oscar based movies, they're all still good. We're all we're still going to watch them. We're still going to go see them. But our main topic is horror films. And that's what we're supposed to give you the 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 underground, the indie level horror films, you know, the lesser known because everybody knows Annabelle comes home and shit like that. So the Golden Glove, I'm going to see it at Fantastic. I'll try to get you a review for it. Stop giving me the evil eye. She gives me the evil eye because I don't she, go. she's going to miss me for eight days. No, I'm not going to miss you. Oh. I'm just going to miss all these movies that you're going to get to see without me. They're having a lot of repeats. Like Knives Out is the closing night film. Parasites playing, but we're trying uh, to see all those at TIFF. But yeah, uh, actually, I pick my ticket package for Toronto on Wednesday, and I think we're just gonna see a beautiful day in the neighborhood every single time. <laughs> and Groby's gonna cry hard. Yes, didn't you cry during the Peanut Butter Falcon? I, it was just like a touching cry, not because it was sad. You know, it was a really great story, and that's a true story. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I thought you told me it was. Uh, I thought you told me it was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it might be a true story. Unsure. Uh, didn't someone just comment on one of our Instagrams that said that their friend wrote it? Yes. Oh, that's sick. Maybe we could get them for an interview, even though it's not horror. Maybe. Be sick. But uh, is that all the trailers we got? Yeah. So you want to talk like briefly about 47 Meters Down? Yes. Uncaged? Oh, oh, but before that, did you see all the Disney Plus stuff? Yes. Marvel, Moon Knight. That's going to be kind of horror-esque, I guess. So maybe we'll talk so about we'll it. So we'll talk about that. Disney Plus is already getting my twelve ninety nine or whatever the fuck it is. Because, you know, they're grouping Hulu and ESPN Plus together. So, And speaking of Hulu Plus, or Hulu, you know, remember the, uh, um, 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 fuck, the Into the Dark series. Oh, yeah. They renew that for another year. Hmm. So another year of mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we need to watch a couple more. But I guess it's a good thing because it's a lot of like first-time directors, and it's like their start to that. So, let's jump into the water. <laughs> this is a really bad plan. Well, so actually, forty-seven meters and forty-seven meters down have about the same rating rating with critics, but audience score is doubled for 47 meters down on cage like the audience liked it doubly they liked uncaged better than down i liked it the the audience score is like a 68 and the audience score for the first one is like in the 30s um i don't know you can tell that i think he had a bigger budget with this one because of like the underwater world yes that was sick there's like this underwater it was like atlantis it was a 12 million dollar budget yeah so that was cooler. Like the scenery was cooler, whereas like the other one was you were it was just in the cage, murky water. That's it. But I think that the first one it was a little more terrifying, is because like you know you're in, in it the was cage. definitely scarier. Yeah, you're in the cage, and then like all of a sudden it just drops. Because although of... at the same time, I mean you're stuck in this underwater cavern. Like there's the the claustrophobia phobia aspect of both. It kind of gave me like that descent vibe. Yeah. to it except underwater which is probably more terrifying because you're underwater Under, being underwater is scary and then you don't know what's in the depths of this the, those oceans and whatnot the but, thing about this one is there's like too much like bullshit gibberish going on which is like ridiculous because they're underwater so like why are they talking so much anyway how do they even hear each other is it do they have they headsets? Must, yeah they must have some kind of headset all right you ready to get into it though for real for real 
I thought we were already into it for real, for real. I mean, like, for real, for real. I mean, it's directed by Johannes Roberts, who did the first one. This one stars, I think, maybe a more annoying cast than Mandy Moore. Yeah. It stars Sistine Stallone, obviously Sylvester Stallone's daughter, and Corinne Fox, who is Jamie Lee, or Jamie Lee, the Jamie Foxx's daughter. And, like, they're pretty much, like, these... Are they, yeah, they're teenagers, correct? Yeah. And uh, basically they all go on like this, uh, like a vacation type. Like a, like no, a they little... live there. Oh, they live there? Yeah. Yes, they live there. Oh, that's right. They, they do live there. They're in Mexico. So, you know, in the first one, they were sisters that were bonding. And so in the second one, they kind of keep that same thing. They're stepsisters and they don't really like, like each other, it seems. But they end up together underwater in this place and by the end of it obviously they bonded because they survived through a fucking shark attack yeah but there's some like insufferable characters in this movie yeah they're friends you know typical typical teenagers that are like they're like oh because like her um her dad is like a excavating like this underwater yes for archaeologists because they found like this secret passageway to get into the lost city of whatever it was i think they described it it's as like, like their burial ground it's too. like atlantis like an old uh um, um what they describe it as like a old in- indian like mayan oh mayan there we go mayan uh underground but uh so one of them decides to say hey let's go to this new territory and we can go go diving and it just so happens it happens to be where the archaeologists are supposed to go down, and they're just on the other side of the, the, the on the other side of it. Yeah. So they're like, oh, no one's gonna find out that we we're here. And it just so happens there, there's all equipment there for them to go down and go swimming. Because they're gonna bring in another team too. Yeah. So they go down into the water, and then they go under into the Mayans. And then the thing that really, not like bothered me, but like questioned was. They go under there, and then they get startled by a screaming fish. <laughs> do, That's do, a thing. Do fish scream? Yeah, and then, like, the stupidest character of all, like, knocks down a whole-ass pillar, stone <laughs> pillar, and starts, like, destroying everything. Thank God she dies first. They get trapped underwater, and then these sharks that basically navigated their way into the Mayan ruins... Right, so they've been like inside this dark cave this whole time. So they've like adapted and they're blind. They look pretty haggard too. Looking. Yeah, they're nasty looking. But you know, it, it's basically just one of those survival movies. You think they're gonna get out, someone dies. You think they're gonna get out again, someone dies. And to me, it, it was just something to take donut to. Yeah, I mean, it de- definitely depended on like the jump scares, like. But like, if you like big shark movies, like. It was enough action to like keep you entertained the whole time. It, like it was fun, but like just not. Like like scary stories to tell in the dark. It's one of those introductories into the horror category. Yeah, it's nothing like exceptional or anything. No, like I think the budget. Yeah, the budget was twelve million, and it only made nine million dollars that first weekend. So I don't know. Well, why. I think they lost out because that they came out the same time as Crawl did, didn't it? So no, obviously. it was like a month apart. Like Crawl came out mid July. Oh. I mean, you could have did a double feature of Crawl and 47 Meters Down on Cage and just had a big old creature feature night. Oh, right, right, right. 
It's just that, so right, so like Crawl made the creature feature feel like fresh again, and then this came out and it just wasn't good. Well, I mean, it was just a sequel to something that, that they that made two, two years ago. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, it's sitting at a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not for everybody. I mean, it's PG-13, which is kind of one of those off-putting facts for us that we don't really care for, but... 47 Meters was PG-13 They, bo- they both were. Oh. Well, Crawl was rated R. I was going to say. Well, um, this had the only reason The only reason why Crawl was rated R is because someone says fuck a lot and shit. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty much the only reason. Well, you'd think... I thought it was, like, for the blood, because there's lots of blood in 47 Meters Down. I mean, that the... Towards the towards, well, towards the end... When they were trying to get saved onto that, uh, uh, the ship that, uh, the tourists were on, they, uh, that was when they were getting attacked. You know, right. the, the one girl got bitten her side, the other girl got her leg bitten, and like, yeah, there were still some, like, maybe gruesome parts for those, like, that are a bit squeamish towards stuff like that, but. Once again, it's one of those movies that you just... If your kid wants to go see it... Like, it's laughable, but also thrilling. Laughable, mostly, but thrilling, not so much for me. I mean, I think I was trying to take a nap. I was getting over food poisoning as well. Yeah, that that was more scary than the movie. His, what? What, me his, having food poisoning? You're, like, violent vomiting. Yes, at, like, four in the morning. But we also saw Good Boys. Yes, we took Luna to see Good Boys. Don't judge. I don't think anybody's going to judge us. Honestly, it was from a kid's perspective, so I knew it wasn't going to be, like, anything inappropriate. Like, it's obviously inappropriate, but there was other it's kids the inappropriate there. stuff that you see as a child anyway, so. There was other kids Plus there. Luna's Maybe like an 80-year-old woman. There was other kids there, but they were just probably, there were other kids probably there. a little bit older, but we also <laughs> took your parents to see it. Yes. They never go to the movies. No. No. They always like They to... watch movies, but they don't, they don't go to the movies. Didn't they try to watch us, and they wanted to watch Ma? Yeah, they wanted to watch Ma, and they ended up watching us. So, uh, to wrap up 47 Meters Down, uh, on a grading scale out of five, what do you give it? Uh, two. Uh, you're, you're more generous than I am. I gave it a one. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, yeah. It, 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 to me, it I gave it a two for the underwater, like, Mayan. I think the only thing that I gave, the only reason why I didn't give it a zero or a half is because, yeah, I know, that's being harsh. Was the claustrophobic part about it. Yeah. Plus, like, you don't know what's underwater half the time. Like in the underwater trailer with Kristen Stewart, you don't know what's down on, on the bottom of the ocean floor. So, you ready for a feature presentation? Yes. Ready or not? No, you're not ready? Ready or not? <laughs> so, feature presentation, ready or not, directed by Matt Bentinelli. And Tyler Gillett, the same people who did the first VHS. I love the first VHS. I thought the second one was better. Rating-wise, the second one's better. But they also did your favorite movie from 2014, The Devil's Do. Okay, come on. Can we stop doing this? I remember we saw it, and it was just one of those January dump movies. But luckily, they made up for it with Ready or Not. So... Ready or Not stars Samara Weaving, Andy McDowell, Mark O'Brien, Adam Brody. 
I love Samara Weaving. Like, in Mayhem and Three Billboards. She was not really in Three Billboards, but Mayhem was our first, like, movie that we saw her starring in. And uh, she was she great. She was pretty... Well, she was good, but the movie, The Babysitter, was pretty terrible. I didn't say The Babysitter. I know, but I'm just saying, like, in, in her acting roles that she's done. And she's going to be in Guns Akimbo. Yeah. It's going to be fucking sick. So, basically, she marries into this family of wealth with a... Would what would you call it like a like they have a game they own a gaming company? Yeah, I think they like started a gaming company supposedly. Yes. Like throughout like from their family generations ago. So and, playing games is like their tradition. And it starts out in the movie. It shows you kind of like a flashback with Adam Brody's character and his brother as children. As children, and it's their aunt who had to play the game hide and seek hide-and-seek with... On her wedding day. Yes, with her husband, or whatever he is now. <laughs> right, and the aunt is the one who's, like, the old lady who always has that, like, massive grimace on her face. She was actually really funny and good, though. She was funny and good, but she was also fucking creepy. Yeah. But, um, so Samara Weaving gets married. She gets married into the family, and then, for family tradition... She has to play a game. They gotta play a game. And uh, some of the other family members had to describe the game they played. One was Old Maid. And then the other one was like Batgammon. Oh, is that what it was? I thought it was chess for some reason. No, but, she was saying, she was like, oh, I can play like a bomb-ass game of checkers. Like, yeah. I'm so ready. And then she gets the hide-and-seek card. Yes. And apparently hide-and-seek is like the, wasn't it like the only like deadly game? It's that, the one, yeah, where they have to sacrifice. Yes. And... Like, the whole family, like, and it's not that they want to do this. Like, they, no. none of them want to do this, but it's like they have this huge power that they were supposedly given. Yes. And so they have to sacrifice to keep all their riches, basically, or they die. I mean, this is pretty much like a clean-cut uh, plot, mm-hmm. and there's really, like, nothing to it. There's there, there are a couple surprises, I guess you could say, but there's really nothing, like... It's not deep. No, like, no. This this premise is pretty simple and basic. But which is good, but it's also, you know, one of those ninety five minute movie kinks where it's we love short it. <laughs> and simple. But, but it had like all the gore, the the, the Oh humor man, it had so it had so much gore. <laughs> like the fun kind. Yes. You know? So not like the disturbing kind. Like the kind where you're just like jumping around in puddles of blood fun. Yes. So the, <laughs> yes. so so the family gets rounded up. And they're ready to play. She draws the hide and seek card, and she has a hundred seconds to count to go hide. hide. And unfortunately, if you are a maid in this big house, <laughs> you got murked. <laughs> None of the maids survived, which is unfortunate because who's going to clean up the mess? Right. And there was a big ass fucking mess after it's all done. So. I mean, there's going to be a similarity we're going to talk about here in a little bit between a great between Ready or Not and the other movie we saw that was non-horror. But Samara Weaving's just trying to hide throughout the house. Everybody's got weapons. It's I find it really funny that they had security cameras throughout the house and they turned them off. Right. But they locked her in the house, which is, you know, kind of like playing fair. Because most movies, you would be like, oh, like halfway through the movie, they're like, just turn the security cameras on. Right. They were like, we're all for tradition. But like back in the day, they didn't have cameras. But if they did, they probably would have used them. Right. So let's turn them on. Yes. Like they, it's not like they were trying to buck buck tradition, but they were. But the groom beats them to it and destroys all the equipment. Yes. To unlock the doors, to let her out. 
but like the butler also is he's not like in on the game but he's the evilest one he's like the bad guy he's not part of the family but he kind of does play the game with yeah he does but he's not in that room he's the one that closes the doors when they all get in there and like but he already knows pretty much the premise of the game because he's probably been around with the family for a long time the whole time but like samara weaving's just trying to get the fuck out but her husband tries to help her because he actually does care for her they always do it's not like like he they don't want to kill her the family doesn't really want to kill her either they just believe that they have to no especially the mother played by um andy mcdowell like she thought that samara weaving's character was going to be the next her like the mom of the family yes. and like a lot of the characters in this kind of felt remorse like adam brody's character when it, i love that adam brody is in movies again like he was in shazam and now this oh yeah but he was only as like when they when all the homeless or the right when they were adults yes but still but uh so they're just playing cat and mouse like she ends up breaking out of the house because the husband cuts off the security cameras and ends up because the the doors were locked and he unlocked the doors for her but that doesn't mean shit because she tries to hide in the barn where all these goats are which i think they sacrificed the goats too yeah i'm not sure yeah it looked like it you saw in the flashback when the kids were, like, playing the brother hid the brother. Yeah, he was, like, trying to uh, shield him from, like, seeing, like, the death of the uncle-in-law. Yeah. But also, um, the maid's jobs were basically to keep the kids asleep and away from the game. In present time. Yes. Which is kind of fucked up. Like, you want these kids growing up into this family, but you're going to try to not let them see it. But clearly they wanted to be a part of it because she runs into the nephew in the barn. Yeah, she runs into the nephew in the barn. and Thinking that, you know. Thinking that, like, you know, maybe he's just, you know, like, sleepwalking or something like that. You know, because, like, kids get up in the middle of the night, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom. But, I mean, thinking that he was going to be on her side type thing. Like, not know about the whole fucking thing. You know how evil kids are? Right, I, so I, she's I, like, Georgie, like, we gotta get out of here. And he fucking shoots her in the hand. Yes, shoots her in the hand. And, and then... she fucking knocks his ass out. <laughs> so here's the similarity between Peanut Butter Falcon and Ready or Not. Two kids get knocked the fuck out. They get punched. And they by, deserve it. By the main characters. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was I'm so all for punching. Rewarding. I'm all for punching kids that are being fucking whack. Knock the fuck out. <laughs> so then... Samara Weaving tries to escape, tries to escape, and to no avail, they finally catch up to her, Adam Brody's character does, because there, there was parts in the movie where, like, he sees her, and he's like, I'll give you a 10-second count to leave. Right, like, he, so he's an alcoholic, and it's clear that, like, the whole family he's an and alcoholic. the whole tradition is, has put a ton of stress on him, because he obviously doesn't want, you know, to be a part of killing somebody, especially somebody that he likes. And especially somebody that his brother loves. So, like, you know, it turns out in the end that, like, he's kind of on her side. And it turns out in the end that her husband kind of isn't on her fucking side. And he's a fucking douchebag. And is going to help sacrifice her because he thinks that they're going to die for it if, if they don't. So, it's... They, they do the game of cat and mouse. They catch her. They start to begin to try to sacrifice her. But the sun comes up before they can finish it. Yes. And so they all start exploding, and it's it's pretty sick. I mean, at first, when you're not... Like, the trailer does give away 
quite a bit of what happens. But when they were like, oh, we have to get it done by sundown, I was I was just hoping, please don't be a vampire movie. <laughs> please don't. But in a way, it's I would have been like, but I would have been like, yeah, that kind of, that might have been sick, but I'm glad it wasn't a vampire movie. Why? There's no reason why it would have been a vampire movie. Because vampires Yeah, but that was just, like that the was the time limit. Like, you have a day. You have till this time. But they all thought, like... When when they were beginning the sacrificer, they were like, "Well, maybe this is kind of bullshit because yeah, like nothing's some of the people happening." People that married in were like, "Maybe this is fucking bullshit." Like they even Google on their phone, like "satanic ritual bullshit" type thing. Like the one brother-in-law. Like I, I really like the like some of the characters and like the way that they executed. All of them. All of the characters were amazing. All the acting was like super on. Point. No, I did not like the one sister that was just coked up. Or was it? Yeah, the... but that was the whole point of her character, I think. Like, yeah, but she, she was, was like really fucking annoying. <laughs> I know, but I think she was supposed to be annoying. Don't get married to really shitty families, I guess. Is don't the... get married to rich people. Yeah, there's like an underlying story to this about don't marry wealthy people because they're just all in satanic cults. <laughs> this is the second satanic cult movie we've seen in the past couple months. Satanic panic. Satanic panic. Tip tip your pizza people, your pizza deliveries, and don't marry and into fuck the rich. Don't marry Eat into the rich. don't marry into gaming dominion power people or whatever you want to call it. I like this movie a lot. Yes. It was very fun. It, it was kinda of, it was kinda of like you're next. Yes. Because it had that strong female lead well, character that just came and fucked up. Ev- was a bit better. It had a, you know, more of a story. There was a twist. Yeah, there was a twisty twist, but like there was also a slight twist in this one too. Because the husband was a piece of shit after all. Right, that was the, that's the only like thing I have a bone to pick with this movie is that I wanted her so badly to be like cuz the whole like the brothers were super 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 close. Yeah. And Adam Brody's character died trying to help her get out and the brother found him dead but didn't know know that and I wanted her to tell him that so badly like yeah well your brother died trying to protect me and now you're a fucking douchebag so you turned on me and him but whatever the ending was so great they all fucking exploded she's laughing while blood is showering on her I love it loved it so uh, you want to wrap this up and uh, give it a score yeah. Uh, what do you want to give it? What do you give it? Probably a... Out of five. Probably a four. Yeah, I go with... I, give, I feel like I give everything a four that I like. You give some movies a four and I just kind of roll my eyes at them. I mean, three and a half, four. I gave it... A, well, I gave it a Maybe four. Maybe three and a half. I gave it a four. Like, it's not phenomenal, but it was perfect for what it, it was. It was fun. It was gory. It was smart. Like the clever humor was on point. Plus, Fox Searchlight put Anything this movie was on out. Point. And Fox Searchlight does a lot of great movies. Like they did Shape of Water. Um, they got like Lucy in the Sky coming out. They got a couple other horror films. Uh, Jojo Rabbit is coming out from them. So technically, this is the first Disney horror film. Oh, it's not Disney. It's, it's just all owned. Since by... the merger of Fox and Disney, this is the first Disney horror but film. It's not a, a Disney. <laughs> so, I made ten million dollars in the box office this weekend. I would recommend seeing it while it's in theaters. It's just a great time. Cat and mouse game, hide and seek. It's bloody. It's fun. Samara Weaving is fucking great. It's funny. She's funny. Yeah. 
I mean, there's nothing to it. Just get that AMC Stubbs and go out and see it. Go on $5 night. You got anything else to add to this? Or are you ready to call it a day? Because you got to get going. I got to get going. All right. Um, what are we going to do next week? Next week, uh, we got, oh, we got Don't Let, Don't Let Go. The movie we overslept at Sundance for. Uh, yeah, but that was it was called something else at Sundance. It was called uh, Relive. Relive. Yes. So next week we're going to have Relive. Maybe we'll have something else because it's it's a kind of a light week. But then after that, we won't even have an It Chapter 2 uh, episode until possibly we get back because we'll be at Toronto. And so we'll have a whole lineup there to talk about. I mean, unless we get it before we leave, but fuck, that's... Well, we've been hearing some... Uh, I had that screening to go to, but I skipped it. So but, it's not been getting good reviews. No. You know, most people are saying it's mostly flashbacks from the first one. That it's nothing like they thought it was going to be. It's less scary, too, they say. Which is, is surprising because the trailer was great. The trailer made it look, you know, like they were really going to go all out. And it was going to be scary. And I mean, with that, not... with that whole blood scene with Jessica Chastain, I believe, who who's in that scene. Like, I, I thought it looked pretty good because... The, the adult cast is good, and the kids did a decent job in the first movie, but after hearing some of these reviews, it's like, well, we can wait until the next week, and we can do a whole episode and spoil it, too, because <laughs> it's kind of disheartening that It Chapter 2 is not going to live up to the hype that we were hoping. Well, I mean, when we came into the first movie... Oh, we, we, we waited like three weeks. <laughs> like we were pretty pissed it was it was being rebooted and you know, the best thing about it we thought was the kid actors and But now they're gonna use Jaden Martell as every single kid in every single horror film because he's in the lodge, he's in that low tide movie where all the kids are like thieves and whatnot. He's in something else. Knives out. He's in Knives Out. He's in something I think it's uh the true adventures of Wolf Boy, which is playing Fantastic Fest. It's got Chloe Zavani in it. Like he's just gonna be the main like young tween kid that hey, we need a horror kid. Here's Jaden Martell. Take him. <laughs> but next week we'll be back with Don't Let Go. Maybe we'll have something else for you. If not, it's our own show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Maybe we'll recap something that Oh, maybe we can watch that Gwen movie, that movie that's like kind of like The Witch. I've been reading mm. about it. So we'll have that for you next week. Uh, you can find us on Final Cut Film, or you can find us on Instagram, I'm sorry, at Final Cut Film Reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Final Cut Right. Uh, you can find our podcast on Apple and Spotify. You can like it, share it, tell your friends about it, give us a five-star review. If you don't give us a five-star review, Stacy's going to cry at night to... I don't cry. Oh, didn't you cry during the Peanut Butter Falcon? No. That is a lie. You told me before we got on the air. You're going to cry like you did a beautiful boy and... You fucking cried during ben that. Ben. Literally every person in that audience cried. Stop telling people that. It was awful. No, but it was a good movie. So, catch us next week. Don't let go. We'll see you at the movies. Thanks.